friends, welcome back to tea time. Mm. <laughs> Today we have a special friend, Galen. Ooh, hello everyone. So first, before we even introduce yourself, how do you like the sip? That's an important question. Mm. Um, it's my first time seeing a sip like that in person. <laughs> Thank God. But I'm here for it. I'm my, here for it. No! <laughs> it's my first time doing a sip in front of other people that are not Lauren. You did she, a great she's job. She's a hater, so I everybody hater. else is a lover. I so. know. Worse. Yeah. So we're so excited to have you here. I'm so happy. Do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Galen. I use they, them pronouns, identify as gay and gender queer, and super pumped to be here and ah. chatting with you all today. Yeah, we're so happy. You're one of our, I feel like you're like one of our first like huge fans. So. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so honored. You, you, you were one of the first people to share us on your Instagram story. So I that's know. Fun. We I'm have a so fan happy. on the show. <laughs> We're fans on the <laughs> show of Galen. So basically, today is going to be all about Galen. What could be better? <laughs> Nothing. But before we start, we kind of just wanted to give a disclaimer. Again, similar to Bo and I, this is just Galen answering these questions, not speaking for any group in particular. They are just speaking about their own experiences. So first question... What does it mean to you to be genderqueer? What does that mean? Great first question. <laughs> um, yeah, I think for me, as I was uh, you know, diving into gender identity and figuring out who I was and who I am, genderqueer really was the term that felt most true to what I mm -hmm. had been feeling. Um, I feel like the term non-binary, and again, this is my interpretation mm -hmm. of these words, mm -hmm. so someone else may disagree, but... When I was look, in, looking at all of it and learning more, non-binary to me felt sort of like non-existent of the gender binary, whereas I definitely have times where I feel super masculine and I have times where I feel super feminine, feminine mm -hmm. and sort of like fluctuating between sort of the genders and the beautiful realm in between. Mm -hmm. That's really where genderqueer kind of felt yeah like right so you know a little bit bit of masculine, a little bit of feminine, <laughs> a, little, a little bit of everything. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, That's kind of also what we wanted to talk about in terms of being non-binary. So I know when I first reached out to you, I thought you did identify as non-binary and that was kind of something you said, well, more people kind of know at this point what non-binary is. So like sometimes you just like accept that, but thank you for explaining the difference. And do you kind of want to talk about why sometimes you accept that? Cause I kind of went through the same thing of like when people would call me gay just because I dated a girl for five years or whatever, when really I identify as pansexual, it just like, I just didn't feel like explaining what that was and stuff like that. Do you have the same experience? Absolutely. Sometimes it's just easier to take a breath and say yes and not have to fully explain yeah. things. So <laughs> yeah, I don't feel misgendered with non-binary. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, that isn't still an accurate term. Mm -hmm. I think even trans is an accurate term as well. But when I'm really thinking about my true identity, I would say genderqueer. Um, yeah. Sort of owning that femininity, owning that masculinity. Yeah. And that space between. I love that. So Bo has some definitions for us that he was going to share. So do you want to go ahead with those? Yeah. So I just wanted to give um, 
just a, a brief background um, defining, I realize we never actually did this in any of our other episodes, but defining the difference between sex and gender, mm-hmm. because I feel like not everybody knows um, yeah. that there even is a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also just gender queer versus non-binary, um, just to see sort of how it compares to like your experience. Um, so some of these difficulties can be t- difficult to um, fully understand if you if you're not experiencing it yourself or if you've also never been exposed to them before. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to start with the basic definitions, um, and, and this information right now that I'm about to give is from Planned Parenthood specifically. Um, but sex is literally just the label that you're assigned by medical doctors at birth, um, heavily or primarily solely based on um, genitalia mm-hmm. um, and biological makeup as well. Whereas gender is much more complex because it's actually a social construct that we as human beings have created. Um, It's Mm -hmm. a social and a legal construct uh, specifically, and it comes along with a set of expectations um, that society places on us in terms of our thoughts, uh, behaviors, actions, characteristics, what have you. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically, it's just a label that we have created um, that places expectations on us um, and and how we're supposed to act within society. And then along with gender is gender identity, which is just how we feel on the inside and then how we choose to express ourselves um, on the outside to the outside world. Um, So while I was doing a bit of research, I found this really great organization. Um, They're based in New York. Uh, they are called, I'm not quite sure how to say it. I think it's, it's either a pika or a picha. Mm. I, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> I apologize if I, who, if anybody out there who knows if I'm saying that wrong. But it stands for um, the Asian and Pacific Islander Coalition on HIV and AIDS. Um, and it's a community health clinic, like I said, based in New York. Um, and it, it started out primarily just to um, disaggregate Asians, Pacific Islanders, and Native Americans from like the other categories um, in terms of HIV and AIDS data and surveillance and research um, because they were always placed in like an, an other, yeah. um, which had to be very invalidating. Um, but now this organization operates with the primary mission of just providing culturally competent health services uh, for populations that are underserved and are um, very vulnerable. Um, and they specialize in serving individuals within LGBT communities as well as those that are affected by HIV and AIDS. Um, so. Now, I know that was a lot, (laughs) but moving forward, um, these definitions that I am about to go over now are from them. That's why I gave that long, (laughs) in-depth background. But so their definition of non-binary is someone whose gender identity exists outside of the traditional binary of either male or female. Um, so, and, and like Aylin was saying, this could be different from person, mm-hmm. it is different from person Absolutely. to person. Um, so for some, this might mean identifying as both male and female, um, while for others, it might mean not identifying at all with, with either of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and then gender queer um, is defined by them as, well, quite literally, this is a, literal definition, (laughs) denoting or relating to a person who does not subscribe to conventional gender distinctions, but identifies with neither, both, or a combination of male and female genders. Um, So uh, some people do use these terms interchangeably, Mm -hmm. which I know Galen was talking a little bit about before, um, but others believe them to be different. Um, Either way is perfectly fine. Um, Either way is correct if it's to you. 
Um, but some find that genderqueer is, is a good umbrella term, whereas um, others do not. Um, some believe also that genderqueer is more of a like politically charged word. Well, how do you feel about that? You're laughing. <laughs> so, sounds about right for, yeah. for who I am. Yeah. 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 Um, specifically because, like, the, the word queer, it's sort of taking back that power, kind of like what Absolutely, you were... Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, exactly like what you were saying. Um, do either of you have any thoughts? Because I know I just, like, threw a bunch of definitions and information, so I want to hear some processing thoughts. Yeah, well, I think a term that I have kind of come to love over the past year or so, I like to refer to like the whole community of basically non-cis people as just being gender diverse. Mm -hmm. I think there are so many terms, different identities that the gender diverse umbrella kind of covers them. So if you don't really know necessarily how someone identifies that I feel like that's a good term to use how do you feel about that oh absolutely and I think the the beauty of learning more about gender is that there are like over a hundred different oh God, gender yeah. identities <laughs> that you can identify with and one of the best things I ever heard from a, a different gender podcast that I listened to um someone on said there are as many genders as there are people in the world mm-hmm. and I think once you can start to look at gender that way it completely opens up that framework yeah. of thinking. No, absolutely. I love that. I think I've heard that before. Yeah. yeah, I think that, yeah, just like how you're saying, kind of the similarly with sexuality, honestly, mm-hmm. I feel like whatever you like is what you like. Exactly. Like, all the umbrella terms don't necessarily fit specifically to you, so sometimes you have to find the one that is close enough and express that how you best see fit. Mm-hmm. And I think it's angering all of these very close-minded people who like to say things like well you're just making it too complicated like no like being inclusive of everyone is not complicated like just if it's adding an x at the end of a word for folks or latin x that's not too complicated it's literally just another addition to make people feel included yeah there's nothing wrong with that so if you are one of those people (laughs) knock that um, shit off yeah because you're wrong (laughs) So you kind of mentioned this um, before when we first started talking about how do you think being genderqueer differs or is similar to being trans? Yeah, I think this is a great question and honestly something that I feel like I have been diving into and trying to better understand for myself. Um, I think that the uh, trans identity is, you know, individuals who are, expressing themselves in a way different from when they were born mm-hmm. um, and sort of how they were raised, whether they discovered or found out, knew that they were trans five years into their life or 50 years into their life. Whenever they did, they decided, you know, this is not who I am and I'm going to live my life authentically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that any gender non-conforming, any gender diverse Individual, any trans individual is all a part of that of the trans community. Um, I think what uh, cis people um, struggle with, and have we talked about this? Do you want me to explain cis people? You can. I think we have, but go ahead. Oh, so like, (laughs) yeah. So cis individuals are people who basically are still expressing their gender based on their the gender and sex that they present from birth, and it sort of has never changed. Like how you look is how you Mm -hmm. you present. and whatnot. So I think sometimes cis folks, it's hard for them to look at someone who's um, non-binary or gender non-conforming and associate them with being trans. But I think trans folks and non-binary folks view themselves, you know, collectively. I think 
the experiences are obviously very different. I have not transitioned fully uh, a gender or sex and that is just the life that I feel I am. Um, so I think there's a lot of similarities between both being genderqueer and you know gender nonconforming and being transgender, but I think it's also really important to validate the transgender experience because that um, is a very important experience for those individuals and for their con- contributions to society too. Yeah, for sure. So how do you, uh, being a trans man, how do you feel about that question? No, I mean, I, I really like that answer. I honestly have never thought about it myself, but I really like um, the I- idea of um, sort of all being under the same umbrella, sort of, but just like sort of taking different roads under that totally. umbrella, you know? Um, I like that a lot, uh, especially because I think that um, I like the word, or the... the um, label gender queer or like gender diverse because I think that um I don't know male or female for example sort of um signifies like a stagnant energy like you can never change or you can never um branch off from from what you've always been or what you've always known um even you know Lauren and I have conversations sometimes but like sometimes I feel like I don't know, a bit more what society would say is like feminine. I don't necessarily feel as though I need to like through clothing or um, outward expression, like express myself femininely. But like sometimes my energy is like what you would consider to be more feminine. So um, and and I just act as such, I guess, if that makes sense. But I like uh, I, I like what you said. I agree with it. Yeah, I love that. So moving on to more specifically about you, when did you come out? Yeah, so really for me, it's kind of been a journey over the last like three-ish, four years. Um, I officially sort of came out as genderqueer only, um, you know, June of 2020. Um, so not, not too long ago. Um, but it was definitely a, a lengthy time, um, getting to that point. Mm -hmm. Um, and really for me, it was, um, I'm a person who loves color. I love patterns. (laughs) I love how I express myself. Um, and if you ever go to any clothing store, when you go to the men's department, um, the style of clothing there is not very colorful, no. pattern crazy, um, you know, full of fun or what I consider sort of like fun clothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I would say like maybe, you know, five, six, seven years ago, I started also shopping in the women's section because much more fun, colorful <laughs> pattern, <laughs> pattern clothing, um, which is just like the beauty in which I love to express myself. So those were some sort of like starting indicators of like, ooh, something's going on here. Yeah. Like let's, as I began to more closely look at my wardrobe and see how about, like half of my clothing is what society would call women's clothing mm-hmm. um, versus men's clothing. Um, and then from there it was... Um, really expressing with through makeup and learning how to to do makeup and and that and really that just led for me reaching out to a few friends who um are uh, trans or gender nonconforming or are have a lot of friends in those communities and asking okay like where can i learn more i really want to learn more about this before i just like jump ahead to figuring out what um who or figuring out who i am and um, I think we, it's met, been mentioned before on the pod, but Google can be your best friend. <laughs> yeah. And truly, Google was my best friend. Um, I found a lot of power in TED Talks um, and a lot of power in TED Talks from youth 
trans and non-binary and gender non-conforming folks, I can relate a lot more to a child's story and sort of like what they're discussing sometimes than an adult talking about it, Mm -hmm. probably because I view myself as a child and not necessarily (laughs) as an adult. Um, But that was really helpful for me to learn and just watching all these videos on YouTube as well of these are what these terms mean, um, especially when it came to pronouns as well, that really was super helpful. and then it was really just like telling a few close people to me, like, this is, I think, who I am. I, you know, I, I think I'm genderqueer and let's try these pronouns around and, you know, let's just see. And the more I uh, welcomed people into um, who I learned to be, the more I um, felt more confident mm-hmm. and felt more authentic and sort of that snowball just like kept rolling down the hill to lead me to where I am. Yeah. So I have a question to ask, if you don't mind. Yeah. It's not um, on track. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, but so it's interesting to me to hear um, like your coming out process, because for to, from what I'm hearing and understanding, it sounds as though it was sort of, like you said, like a lengthy process. Whereas for me, it was like quick. <laughs> so, so while you were talking, I was sort of trying to like, maybe think um, like how our experiences are maybe different and, and why. Um, and I'm wondering, I sort of had a thought, I just want to share it. I don't mm-hmm. mean to be like um, assuming or anything, but I wonder if like, um, because I guess like identifying as a trans man is more, I guess could be considered more clear cut than like mm-hmm. genderqueer because genderqueer could mean that you totally. might fluctuate, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I wonder if it's because like for me personally, I felt like, for so long, like, okay, no, like, I'm a man. Like, even if I suppressed it, like, I still felt it. Um, whereas, like, I'm wondering, do you think that it took you a while because, like, you you do feel like you identify both with, like, masculine and feminine energy? Did you think maybe that's why it took longer? Yeah, I think so. I think also, you know, the first big step in my life was, like, admitting to myself that I was gay and, like, mm-hmm. getting to that point. And then I think the stronger and more confident I felt in my sexuality, um, which I know we'll get to later, but yeah. has, you know, maybe not as confident in anymore. Um, I think that, like, opened myself up to expressing myself more for who I was. And then when I started doing that, it was like, whoa, like, I think we have something here we need to unpack a little more. And I... Like, I love doing, like, lifetime reflections and, like, you know, I think it's my way of validating um, where I am today. Like, Mm -hmm. am I, you know, am I... Am I making something up, you know, quote unquote, making something up? Or is this like truly who I am? And this is, I've just now come to realize it. And I can, I absolutely have like clear picture memories of me as a child, fully embracing femininity, Mm -hmm. um, even though it may not have been accepted at that time. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, that gets hidden and then, you know, it takes a while to to unhide those things again. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Thank you for Yeah, totally. Yeah, I like hearing the differences in your stories because I feel like for you, Bo, literally you came out to almost everyone like you knew in like a matter of three days, Mm -hmm. like less than like a month after you first told me. Mm -hmm. So like, I feel like it, everyone, it does not happen that quick all the time. Do (laughs) not think it has to happen that quick all the time. It is a journey and go at your own pace. So I love that you shared that. Yeah. So in terms of coming out, how were you received? (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's a great question. (laughs) Um, I doubt, so, okay. Uh, (laughs) 
Yeah, well, <laughs> so I was. Re- it was received well. I think that um, as some of you listening may have experienced, or if you um, are cis and just listening to, listening in to educate yourself, um, you will. Ha- Hopefully, you will have people who fully accept you, who you are, mm-hmm. say, yes, um, how can I support you, this. Um, I am grateful. I didn't necessarily have anyone who said um, no. Um, you know, We've talked about Alex's on the pod. I don't know <laughs> if I've necessarily had a single Alex who was um, extremely negative off the bat, um, but I definitely have had people who um, I have tried to educate, I have tried to share resources and then have received nothing um, mm-hmm. and the identity still not fully being recognized. Yeah, well, first, thank you for being vulnerable and like sharing that with everyone. Um, I would just want you to know that <laughs> some of my Alex's are like that. Some of the Alex, one in particular that I'm thinking about is like that, um, where they um, aren't necessarily like, I don't know, combative or saying like putting me down all the time or whatever, or I guess were because they're gone now, <laughs> but snip, snip. But, um, but like, you know, I think that, um, indifference or like, um, silence is sometimes not any better than, if not worse than mm-hmm. opposition and, um, discrimination and totally. whatnot. And I mean, obviously you can have a totally different viewpoint than that. That's just sort of what I've learned in my process is that, um, you know, your silence and letting other people put me down is not like better. And I don't know if that's the same for you. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, I, yes, I would agree. I think that, um, especially when it's people who are very close to you, the silence Mm -hmm. and ignorance to it is sometimes even more destructive Mm -hmm. to you personally than um, someone who may not be as close and is blatantly Mm -hmm. um, ignoring you. Yeah. I feel like that's so hard for me because as I've talked about before, I have been very privileged in the sense that my family has accepted you with open arms, Mm -hmm. like calls you their kid, (laughs) like Stuff like that. And so we have gone, you and I, Bo, have gone on such a long journey of cutting people out of your life and picking out that, like, we have our own family. We, you and I alone are our family. Uh-huh. We have found friends. We have found strangers that are our family now. So it's really we have hard. guinea pigs. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, like, really hard for me to hear kind of stories like yours, Galen, that people so close to you are kind of being silent or blatantly ignoring that it just it boils my blood it just how is it so hard I just like honestly (laughs) cannot comprehend it in my brain what the big deal is yeah if anyone on the pod knows why it's so hard please let us (laughs) know please write it because I genuinely don't understand (laughs) I just think that too it, it makes it hard as um the trans or gender queer individual um because of the fact that like i think that more silent forms of manipulation or discrimination or like hatred are so much harder totally. to identify and it like those are those are the alexes that it took me much longer to come to terms with cutting out because it's like time and time again, I justify like, well, but they're trying like, oh, but they're doing this. Oh, but they're doing that. Like, oh, well, at least they're not, you know, sending me death threats via text, you know? So that's a difference. Right. But like, I finally came to terms with like, for me, like, no, actually it's not any better at all, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's hard because it's hard to recognize that sometimes. Yeah. And I think you come from a background that may be different from yours, Galen, that 
all of your Alex's have been like that for your whole life. So it's not, I don't know if in your experience, this is kind of like a new thing that like they have newly based on your face. I don't really know <laughs> about that. I don't know if it's new that they have kind of been silent opposers, I guess, of your life. Um, it's interesting because some of them have been the biggest supporters in like, so, so I, I went to art school. I, you know, took a lot of art classes growing up. I went, like got my bachelor's in fine arts and that is a very, um, accepting open space. Mm -hmm. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, some of those, you know, silent Alex's in my life have been those biggest supporters of really pushing me to do what I love mm -hmm. and live the life I want to live. And then when I start living that life yeah. I want to live, it is um, like, oh, you're not, you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's not your life. It's <laughs> yeah. my life. Right, right. I yeah. feel like that may really resonate mm -hmm. with you, Bo. That yeah. seems like something I have heard from yeah. you before. I've been told I'm doing a lot of things wrong in my yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Now that my blood is boiling, <laughs> I think we need to move on a little bit. So you shared with us that your pronouns are they, them. So how did you come to pick those pronouns rather than something else? Yeah, great question. So after I really first started looking at or doing my research and using Google to learn more about gender and all the gender diversity that exists, um, I was watching a video and I was very in the mindset of you have to have like just he, him, or just she, her, or mm -hmm. just they, them. You can't have sort of this combination. And in one of the videos, um, one of the people talking was like, oh yeah, I use he, they pronouns and those are mine. And I, I was like, my mind exploded of, whoa, you can have <laughs> multiple pronouns. <laughs> so about like a year and a half ago, I started using both he and they pronouns um, and had asked some of my close friends and siblings to use the they, them pronouns. I said, the only way I'm going to know what mm -hmm. pronouns I like is if I if people start using them and I can hear them because I could choose whatever, but I only hear it when other people are right. talking. Mm -hmm. And just throughout a year of pe some people using they, them, it just was super validating. And every time I heard them use it, it was like, oh, you can see me for who I am. Like mm -hmm. you get me. And um, when people were still using he, him, it's not, I, at first it was like, a, okay, like you might just not understand. And then, you know, as we got closer to into 2021, it was like, wow, you just are, you're just going to use he, him, mm -hmm. I, you know, and every time he, him was used, it was like, that's not me. That's not me. Until I finally just had like this weird moment of gender dysphoria. Um, and for those of you that don't know, gender dysphoria is really when you're looking at yourself um, in a mirror or pictures or your body and you are just like that is not me like mm -hmm. you it's sort of like this weird out of body experience and you don't who you're looking at is not who you feel you mm -hmm. are um, and it was just like a random Friday night and I was looking at old pictures and I came across pictures from my cousin's wedding two years ago and I was like wow Galen is really sad here and Aww. like that's not me. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a very quick spur of the moment. Oh, yeah. So then that happened on Friday night. Um, Sunday, a friend and I FaceTimed and put on this makeup look. And I <laughs> had like put on this fur jacket that I made and did this little photo shoot by myself in my room. And I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so hot and sexy. This is me. <laughs> and um, 
I was like, okay, Galen, if we are like crying our eyes out over this picture of you in a suit from two years ago, and we are like loving life with you, you know, feeling most yourself with a full, you know, bead of makeup and (laughs) like your fur jacket on, maybe we should just use they, them pronouns. And it truly was like the snap of the fingers of, okay, we're using they, them, they, them only, like now tell the world. I love that. I just like, I don't know, Galen, your story is like, because it just like is so, uh, like, I don't know, validating, I guess, not necessarily to me, but just to the concept of like, people suck. Like, why? <laughs> like, okay, I, I, don't, I don't know how to formulate this, I guess, but like, why is it a big deal? So like, okay, you looking at yourself in the mirror and, and looking at an old picture and, and switching your pronouns and saying, you know, I'm not he, him, I'm they, them that made you such a happier person, so happy, feel so um, just full of life and totally. joy. What the hell is wrong with that? <laughs> Why do people have such a hard time, hard time with that? What is wrong with somebody literally doing one thing, one thing that affects nobody else mm-hmm. by any means at all um, to make themselves happier, but then all these people are pressed and think that's what I just, I don't know. <laughs> I can go on. I can go on. <laughs> no, I totally agree. Like, what is the big... It doesn't affect my life. I change the words I use when mm-hmm. I talk to or about someone. Yeah. Who cares? Like, what's the difference? So I know, Bo, you kind of wanted to talk a little more about different types of pronouns because I think he, her... Nope. <laughs> she, someone her, could. Someone, someone could. could. Someone could. If you're out there. <laughs> she, her, he, him, and they, them are kind of the ones everyone seems to know about right now. But there mm-hmm. are other pronouns. So did you kind of want to talk about those? Yeah. So I think it's very, um, like, going back to what Galen was saying about in their podcast about the concept of, like, there are, what did you say, the quote, there are more genders in the world than there are people. Is that, yeah, yeah, just as many genders as many right. people. Yeah. So I feel that way also about pronouns. Totally. <laughs> yeah, and so I just wanted to share with everyone um, some information that we've found. Um, there's this really great resource that I found. It's from 2011, so it's a little dated but still very relevant. And also it goes to show that, see everyone, trans people have been around for longer than two years. Right. <laughs> but um, <laughs> this, it was a... It was a, a a study and a like a little note card thing that was made by um, the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee's LGBT Center. Um, and I will post the link to all of these resources that we share in the description, as always. Um, but it's just a little note card, and it was created um, just to sort of give a brief outline about um, pronouns and the different kinds of pronouns. Um, it was literally created because of the fact that uh, the English language along with many other languages in the world, do not have gender neutral or or third gender pronouns mm-hmm. available within their vocabularies. So um, the usage of they, them pronouns, for example, to be inclusive of those who identify outside of the gender binary um, that we use here in, in, in the United States or in other English-speaking countries, um, people in other cultures or uh, cultures that speak other languages that are not English um, they didn't have those before. So they did the same by adding pronouns from within their own languages or sort of originating in, in their own languages. Um, so some of these other pronouns are based on um, like real languages and real phonetics, um, while others are drawn from fiction and mythology in the animal and plant worlds, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but for example, so, and I don't speak German, so if there's any <laughs> German speakers out there, I apologize. But 
Um, for example, in German, um, the the pronoun s i e it's pronounced z. Um, that that was incorporated as a pronoun. Um, there are others like zur and here h h i r uh, zir zur. I I don't know how I'm saying it, but um, so it, it's just to say that there are a lot. Um, more pronouns than just she, her, he, him, they, them, um, and they're all again just to be inclusive, um, inclusive of all individuals um, throughout the entire spectrum of gender, sexuality, and within all cultures. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, the, the the general premise is just it's all about being inclusive. Right. So basically, if someone tells you their pronouns, no matter what they are, use them, even if you've never right. heard it before. Just be a good person and True use that. them. Yep. <laughs> so also in terms of pronouns, I know this has been something that you have experienced, Bo, but do you have any tips on how to kind of advocate for your pronouns if someone is like consistently misgendering you or even a stranger who misgenders you? Totally. And as I give this advice, please know that I am also taking it for myself <laughs> because I even still don't even do the best job of advocating for myself because if you are transgender nonconforming and listening, you know that sometimes it's just like a lot easier to not to just let things go mm -hmm. um, if it's a one-off instance and other times to you have to feel safe in the moment. So mm -hmm. like finding your safety and obviously that's the most concerned. But I would say um, the first thing would be really um, an easy way is just like, hey, gentle reminder. I use they, them pronouns. Like just mm -hmm. wanted to, to remind you. Um, when you're meeting someone new, introduce yourself and tell that individual your pronouns. Um, if they want you to know their pronouns, they will also include them when you introduce yourself. Mm -hmm. It's also just like a super easy way to, um, to do that. Obviously, if someone who you have shared your pronouns with continues to misgender you, um, I think as you know, Lauren and Bo have talked about on the pod previously, I think that you just personally have to then get to a point of how you how much you want this individual to be in your yeah. life and, mm -hmm. and sort mm -hmm. of what that relationship with that individual looks like moving forward. Mm -hmm. And I would also just put out there to any ally of anyone who is uh, trans and gender nonconforming or any human being on the planet, <laughs> um, if you see someone misgendering um, someone else, you can also speak up. You, mm -hmm. you know, you don't need to ask permission of that trans gender nonconforming person. You can just say, hey, you can speak up on behalf of them to remind that other individual of um, what that person's pronouns are, um, whether it's in front of the trans non-binary person or, you know, afterwards just to, to the individual. You mm -hmm. can also be um, a huge ally in that way. Yeah, definitely. I think that that has to be hard. Obviously, that's not something that I've personally experienced, but I know in the beginning before you kind of started tea, Bo, we would go places and if you would be referred to with she, her pronouns. It really depended where we were at to feel safe enough to say like, no, like he, him, because at that point you were very obviously, I guess, trans and people, we didn't want, safety was the biggest concern, kind of mm -hmm. like you just said, totally. Galen. So really take that to heart. That's very important first and foremost, but do you have any experiences you wanted to talk about Bo of maybe advocating for pronouns or anything like that? Yeah, so, um, I mean, I agree with everything that Galen was saying. Um, I just 
do sort of like Lauren was just saying about safety being important. Um, so Galen, I'm not sure if you know, but maybe you do. Cause I think I've mentioned it a couple of times in other episodes, but like I work for a rape crisis center. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am pretty knowledgeable when it comes to like trauma. Um, and something I actually just taught, uh, a pride LGBT class for, um, volunteers for the, uh, center last night. Um, but Something that we teach is that um, you never want to out someone, Mm -hmm. um, specifically like in situations of trauma too. Um, So for example, like we respond to hospital calls um, for sexual assault survivors. Um, So say that you're in a hospital room and you have a survivor and then you have like a parent or a friend or whomever it might be. um, And that person doesn't know what their pronouns are. It could sometimes be um, more detrimental or dangerous to that individual um, if that person that that's there with them doesn't know. Mm -hmm. Um, Because so basically what we say is you never want to out anybody. Um, So I think that unless you're totally um, certain that this individual wants you to, um, I don't know, correct in people who misgender them, I think maybe just like tread carefully, but also, you know, read this, read the situation, read the room and all, know where, where you're at and mm-hmm. what's going on. Totally. Um, I think it could vary from, from case to case. Yeah. And I feel like we get kind of a lot of questions about how to be a better ally. And I feel like, especially in your case, Bo, having me or someone else kind of use your pronouns to all the Alexes Mm -hmm. who insisted upon misgendering you was way more powerful than you would imagine. So similarly to what Bo said, kind of tread lightly, you don't want to out anyone, but also like Galen said, you don't use your own pronouns Mm -hmm. really. So only other people can kind of advocate for you in some of those situations. Mm -hmm. So that would definitely be a way to be a better ally. Yeah. So, um, I know, Galen, you sort of talked about this a bit before, but I guess this is just asking the question in different words in case you do have anything else you'd like to add. Um, But what are some challenges um, that you have uh, faced since coming out? Yeah, I think... Wow, where to begin? Um, I think, um, you know, coming off like sort of the safe, like talking about safety, a lot of the challenges have been sort of... um, where do I personally draw the line in my safety along with um, living my life authentically? Mm-hmm. Um, and like I mentioned before, I love to ex- physically express myself in a very like colorful, flirty way to because that makes me feel hot and sexy and that's all <laughs> we're here for. Um, but I've had I've had some great conversations with some of my you know cis gay male friends um, about you know dress like putting on a, an outfit and then you know going to the pre COVID obviously like going to the bar for mm-hmm. like a night out and I'm someone who will put on like sequins and some floral pants yes. and like my cheetah socks with you know <laughs> you know through the winds because that makes me feel hot and fun and that's like what we're doing and. Um, some friends who I've talked to are like, oh, I could never, I like, I can never wear that. And almost saying that in a way of being too worried um, of what someone's reaction may be when they're walking home from the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And um, no one should ever hate crime anyone because it is literally a hate crime. Um, and that it like, 
that no, you no, don't do that. No. <laughs> um, but I have said to friends, I'm like, if someone were to hate crime me or if someone were to call me names driving by, like, I want you to do it while I am confident in in how I dress. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of in a way of I'm not going to restrict my expression um, to fulfill your lifestyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like a challenge that I've had is sort of um, breaking down society's expectations for me and creating my own expectations for mm-hmm. me. Um, I mean, I could go on with challenges, <laughs> but I, I think another one I would just mention is just sort of like what that means, like in the workplace mm-hmm. and sort of like being your true self in the workplace. And I know you shouted out your awesome cousin, Lauren, last week, <laughs> but I'm going to shout her out again. <laughs> um, and that's how I'm so fortunate to have met you both is through Lauren and Bo's cousin, Brittany, um, who has been an awesome ally and advocate at work. Um, <laughs> but really, you know, it's challenging coming out in the workplace and being your true self, especially when you're not only working with your colleagues at your company, but also Um, a lot of clients outside Mm -hmm. of your company. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm grateful for the support that I've received at work, especially um, from some individuals who have given me the opportunity to present on pronouns to some of our clients and talk about the importance of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So definitely there are those moments, but sort of there, there absolutely were those challenges too in individuals who, you know, might not understand or might be a little hesitant, um, And I think that's really where um, some of those challenges are and really you judging the safety that you have in that environment to to come out and to be your authentic self um, while still being safe. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any similar experiences or opposing experiences to any of those things, Bo? Yeah, so I feel like um, as Lauren and I have spoken about before and like, you know, one of my favorite words in the dictionary is intersectionality. Well, I don't even know if it is in the dictionary, but it's one of my favorite words. It's in our dictionary. It's in our dictionary. And so I think it's so important to um, acknowledge your privilege and acknowledge different um, experiences with different things. And so, you know, Galen and I, while we both are a part of the queer community, um, I guess you could say um, Galen's experiences have likely been charged differently than mine have Mm -hmm. um, and in different ways. And I can acknowledge that. you know, being viewed by um, closed-minded people in the outside world as a cis man, um, it's probably difficult. It's probably a lot different Mm -hmm. to, you know, be yourself and go out to a bar or a club or whatever and dress how you want to dress. I would not be looked at in the same way Mm -hmm. um, as, as you. So, um, I, I just think that um, it's it's important, and I I, th- I will say I've been fortunate enough to um, not ever get anything worse really than just some like stares or mm-hmm. like some people saying like oh like I thought that was a girl or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but yeah, so I just I just want to acknowledge that that um, it's I I experience difficulties as well, and I have high anxiety in a lot of situations, but I don't think that it could ever fully um, compare to what individuals like Galen or other genderqueer individuals Mm -hmm. likely experience on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, this is also kind of going off script really quick. I just had a quick question <laughs> sure. come to my brain. But in I feel like people don't know as much about genderqueer people or I feel like people know a lot about or think they know a mm-hmm. lot about trans people mm-hmm. or they're more aware of trans people. Have you ever been... Have you ever, I guess, received any comments of being a trans woman or any of that sort? Because similar to Bo said, how intersectionality plays in trans women are treated so much worse than mm-hmm. trans men. So have you ever experienced anything like that? I definitely have received comments before of like, oh, like you're just trying to be a woman uh-huh. or things like that, which if I was, awesome, (laughs) like who cares? That is the beauty of expressing yourself in that way. And I, so I think some of the comments I've received have definitely just been rooted in transphobia Mm -hmm. of, um, of, of, of them not actually understanding. And I feel like that's even a big struggle with non-binary, gender non-conforming, gender diverse, you know, gender queer people uh, of, we are not sort of a man or a woman and we're sort of like that mesh in between. Mm -hmm. And I've even personally had days recently where I've like really wanted to channel my masculinity and like really wanted to channel that part of me. Mm -hmm. Um, but definitely hold back because I'm like, people will see this and be like, oh, like Galen's just a man again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we can kind of ignore everything that they've been talking about for the last three years, which is just very frustrating yeah. in mm-hmm. the beautifulness of gender diverse individuals mm-hmm. in expressing sort of any how they feel like in the moment of that day. Yeah, yeah that's like Lauren has expressed that. You can, you can t- ch- chat now a little bit about um, your experiences with like, um, or I guess even just because we love to give a nice shout out and advocacy moment to the bisexual and pansexual community yeah. whenever we can, um, because there's this uh, idea that like, um, if Lauren were dating a cis man, for example, then I guarantee that in society's eyes, her pansexuality, her identity as a pansexual woman would would be would go away, and they would right. say, "Oh, you're straight again." Yes. How do you feel about that? Oh, that makes me angry. I feel like it's just partially ignorance and partially people don't like when you make them uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Um, so I feel like it's just, there's so much erasure and so many different identities in the LGBT community. And it really upsets me that you, Galen, feel that way that you sometimes now can't own your masculinity at times. I know even similar to Bo sometimes we have talked about in the past weeks, like when COVID is over, like we're going to go get like a mani petty, like mm-hmm. just for fun. And like then thinking about people, especially Alex's or whatever, cause they are stalkers and mm-hmm. I'm sure would find social media somehow. Yeah. Um, like seeing you with nails painted or like a video of us, like getting nails done or whatever would be like, Oh, well, she that was a huge mistake mm-hmm. she regrets it she wants to be a girl again like shut up uh, yeah and you know i remember lauren i'm sure you remember too but i don't think this is something we've shared and galen wouldn't know either but <laughs> <laughs> but um do you remember uh very early on like literally a month after i came out as trans one of the alex's was uh visiting where we were living at the time and i remember that they made a comment to me, saying many things like, well, I was observing you, basically. I mean, not that word, but I was... Basically, they had said that they were, like, looking at me and interact... looking, Watching me interact with you in their time there and, like, well, like, 
you were laying on her lap and you like you didn't present like what a man would would do like usually like the man is like holding the door open and like doing all of this dumb shit like who the hell are (laughs) you doing all of this dumb shit right like honestly though (laughs) yeah yeah i feel like that for sure is really hard mind you sorry to backtrack but you also knocked your tooth out that right. day and it was <laughs> the same day. you know <laughs> but regularly i also think it's okay for you to lay on my lap and for me to hold you because it's our relationship right. like we can express our affection for one another mm-hmm. however we want to right well i just think that that goes to show exactly what we were saying and what science says everyone <laughs> science is real yeah. that sex and gender are not the same and that gender is a social construct right and that's down with the system yeah (laughs) yeah pretty much so i know you're excited to talk about this one but in terms of sexuality um how has your sexuality label changed do you think it will change how do you feel about that (laughs) um great question again (laughs) um so I would say, like, I still identify as gay, like I mentioned at the beginning of the pod, but it's definitely something that I've been talking about more mm-hmm. with my therapist and more internally and with a few friends of just sort of, like, what, you know, now being genderqueer, sort of, like, opening my brain even further and honestly even battling some own internal transphobia that mm-hmm. I discovered I had, which is just such an unfortunate part of how society raises Mm -hmm. us growing up. Um, You know, in sort of, when I think about relationships, I think about dating and putting myself out there and sort of not wanting to restrict myself to, um, you know, be with anyone else. Currently, you know, my sexual attraction, I would say is definitely for like to men, I'm sexually attracted to men. Mm -hmm. I would say uh, the sexual behaviors that I've exhibited in the past um, and currently at the moment, I guess, um, have been like with people who have penises. So that's what my current sexual behavior is. But mm-hmm. I that could very well change like as I continue to meet more people and um, start dating and things like that. So currently I'm gay, but... Um, <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be a fun surprise totally. in the future. <laughs> yeah. And it's also important because, like, not everyone with a penis is a man. Exactly. So, yeah. And not everyone with a vagina is a woman. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like that's interesting because for you, Bo, I know we have talked about your sexuality label mm-hmm. and how you are attracted to women. But you don't. I'm attracted want- to you. Oh. Ooh, <laughs> I might have to leave this room. <laughs> oh my gosh. But you have talked about how the last thing you want to be viewed as is like a straight white man I in hate, the world. I don't like straight white men <laughs> either. <laughs> it's like whenever, it's like with the COVID stuff, like, oh God, I'm so embarrassed when I accidentally forget to put a mask on because the worst yeah. thing I could be is a Republican. Yeah. So. <laughs> But in terms of sexuality, that has been something... Like, you don't feel like you... Now that you identify as a man, you don't feel like gay fits you. You aren't attracted to other men. You don't feel like the term lesbian fits you Mm -hmm. because you don't identify as a woman. So that has really... That hasn't really been something that we have talked about. You haven't kind of, like, picked a new label. And I feel like 
you shouldn't have to. <laughs> like, you like who you like, just like Galen, and that should be it. That should be good enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't really feel the need to have any sort of label, I guess, mm-hmm. because, well, one, I'm with you, so it doesn't <laughs> really matter, really. But two, I think that, like, I don't know. I think that um, the biggest thing for me that we've talked about is that, like, I just, I don't want, like, how do I say this? So, like, I the longer I'm on testosterone and the more like after top surgery and stuff like in society's eyes, like the longer that it goes, the more I'm quote passing as a cis man. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but I don't want like the transness of me to go away. Mm -hmm. So I will never identify just as like a man. I want to, I I will always identify as a trans man. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's been um, the hardest thing. And even, you know, I don't know, it's not internalized homophobia necessarily, but but internalized like um, confusion between like sex, sexuality and gender sometimes that Mm -hmm. I have because of society and how we're raised. Mm -hmm. Um, but, like, I don't ever want it to get, like, lost in space somewhere that, like, I'm not a trans man, if right. that makes sense. So I think yeah. it's hard to, to find a label. Yeah, I agree because I feel like sexuality has so many, like, hard gender rules, which I feel like hopefully that will change because I feel like similarly to you, how you said, Galen, you identify as gay, which means currently you are attracted to people with penises, but that's not just men Mm. so like I feel like hopefully sexuality labels kind of change to take out the genderedness Mm -hmm. of them because I feel like that would represent so many people in the LGBT communities more accurately yeah no I agree completely Galen we only have one more question for you (laughs) but I'm having so much fun (laughs) but our last question for you is do you have any tips on how to include genderqueer people in gendered spaces Yes. (laughs) I think that um, it's very easy to do so. You just have to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, So simple things like a gender neutral bathroom or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, using correct pronouns, um, allowing people to express themselves um, the ways in which they express. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's really not very hard. It just comes in providing a a safe space for those individuals. So that way, um, you know, we can just live our normal lives just like you are um, leading your normal lives. Mm -hmm. So things and, you know, personally, like people can start to get rid of um, gendered language. So Mm -hmm. if you're saying like, ladies and gentlemen, you Mm -hmm. can just say, hello, everyone, how Mm -hmm. are we doing? Or, you know, all my cool cats and kittens, (laughs) you know, you can, you can choose anything. um, But start, if you start getting rid of that gendered language, you are providing that safe space. We are fully living in a virtual world now (laughs) with COVID. So, you know, adding pronouns to your Zoom name or your um, email signature, like those are really, Mm -hmm. your social media bios, like those are really easy ways, even if you're cisgendered or you're trans or you're gender nonconforming, any, no matter how you identify, adding your pronouns just makes it safer and easier for those whose pronouns are really important to their identity to be able to list them and help enforce them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really agree with that. Kind of segueing off that, I guess, to get a little bit more specific, I know that, Bo, with your work, you have a lot of spaces or events that are for women who have experienced some sort of sexual assault. So I feel like 
in that sense in like a women-centered space how if you identified with that group how would you feel about going there how can we make spaces like that more inclusive of gender diverse people that's a great question (laughs) i'm not sure if i fully have an answer but i yeah because i think you know spaces that are just for women and spaces that are healthily just for men (laughs) are um are still important spaces to have for those individuals Mm -hmm. so i think if you if you are specifically holding spaces like for women and for men are you then also holding spaces for trans gender Mm -hmm. non-conforming individuals Mm -hmm. um so that way um if you're going to do it for one group you should be doing it for all groups so that way those individuals equally know that they have a safe space to be able to go to yeah so basically, make more groups yeah. because yeah. those two are not enough. There are more people in the world. I like that answer. Yeah, I do too. Okay, those are all the Galen questions. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but now we have one totally unrelated <laughs> listener question of the week. Yeah, I feel like it's good though because we didn't do a deep dive. So nope. it's, it's a little bit of the tea in Yeah, tea a little time. bit Alex yeah. trickling in <laughs> yeah. here. Okay, so the question from our listener says... My question this week is more related to podcasting, but is there a way to block Alex's from listening as this is another stalking method, an attempt to stay in your life? I have no idea how that works or if it's even possible. Yeah, so um, we need to give every like listener questions like numbers. So listener question number one, two, seven, <laughs> so I can address it. No, but um, we're new to podcasting too, so like we don't really know, but like, basically the easy answer is no Mm -hmm. um there is not a way to at least that we're aware of um to uh you know block any of the alex's or anyone in particular out um and you know in the day and age that we live in um it's somewhat to some extent naive to think that you know blocking phone numbers and emails and social media accounts will solve any sort of problem because at the end of the day if they want to get into contact with lauren or i they will Mm -hmm. um and and we know that and we're aware of that we hope that they don't but um it's a very real thing that could happen and that obviously has um but what i will say though is and lauren you can chime in as well but personally i don't i don't want them to not listen Mm -hmm. i want them to for the first time in all of this sit down shut up and listen to what i have to say because it's never been about what it's never just been about what i have to say Mm -hmm. there's always a but like i feel this way or well, well, you're affecting me in this way. Mm-hmm. So now it's nice to have a platform where I can say everything that I want to say and not have any ifs, ands, or buts, or interruptions, or anything of, of the sort. So um, no, we cannot mm-hmm. block people from the podcast. However, I don't think we, we should because mm-hmm. I think that no matter how closed-minded you are, I want you to sit down and listen to the things that we have to say. Yeah, no, I really agree with that. I think from my perspective, it has been therapeutic regardless of who listens it similarly to you it has been so nice to sit here and say all of the things we have been thinking and feeling and experiencing for over a year now Mm -hmm. and kind of just get them all out to people that do care people who do love us people who are going through the same thing to kind of hopefully help them in some way shape or form yeah absolutely i really like that question me too 
But now that we're all done with um, the actual content for this episode, we do want to give our first, uh, sort of first, I don't know, shout out Woo! to, um, it's it's Drip Tea. Um, they are a queer-owned, gender-neutral clothing brand, and they're based in London. Um, and their organization is centered primarily around providing high-quality, sustainable, and ethical products, uh, clothing products, that are durable and fit um, for everyone regardless of gender identity or expression. Um, all of their clothes are created through their partnership um, with clothing manufacturers in India and in Turkey, and they operate under fair and ethical work practices, and they also use all um, sustainable, completely vegan materials. Um, so what that means is that they don't include any leather, fur, wool, um, skin, or any other animal-derived product. Um, so if you would like to give Drip Tea um, a look, at, uh, I don't know how to say that, um, their Instagram <laughs> handle is at drip T, so D-R-I-P-T-E-E-U-K, and then their website is www.dript.co.uk, and we will post um, all of these links in the description as well. Yeah, and I think it's super cool that they label themselves as having gender-neutral clothing, even though clothing shouldn't have for right. gender really. <laughs> exactly. Anyone can wear any clothes <laughs> mm -hmm. because they're clothes. Right. I don't know. <laughs> um, so I think that's super cool. I think all companies sell gender neutral mm -hmm. clothing, but I love that they are out there broadcasting and advocating mm -hmm. for different LGBT communities. Yeah. Lauren, did you want to talk a little bit, um, give everyone an update on on our reach? Now we're yeah. we are we've decided we are now G list celebrities. <laughs> so Lauren, how about you tell everybody what that means? Yeah. Oh my goodness. A few episodes ago, we told you all how many countries, states, and cities you all have listened in, and it has gone up. So we are now at seven countries. So hello to our brand new friends from Argentina and Italy. Ooh, that's so cool. I know. <laughs> we have made it to 27 states and 94 cities. That's so many. I know, especially because I think the last time we said that it was the cities was in like the 60s. 60s, yeah. So Crazy. thank you all for listening. And you've all done your homework from last week of downloading all of our mm -hmm. episodes because we've surpassed 500. So that's so super cool. Yeah, and we're almost to, to actually about, we're at five, or excuse me, I'm reading 500. We're mm -hmm. at um, a month since we started yeah. the podcast. Wow. Yeah, I think crazy? it's been 23 days ago I yeah. looked as when we posted <laughs> yeah. our first one. So thank you so, so, so much for listening today. Yes, we really appreciate it. Um, please, everyone, keep downloading the episodes. And if you are liking Tea Time, please share um, with friends, family, and across your social media pages. Uh, we appreciate you all. And Galen, we want to say we appreciate you for, for being on this Yay! episode and for stepping into this vulnerable but necessary <laughs> space yeah. um, to share your story. So we really appreciate you having you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of oh, course. Woohoo! All right, we'll see you all next time.